Hi, thanks for joining us for this message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. We pray that you are blessed by it. If you'd like to know more about Red Church and its ministries, or if you'd like to support us financially, you can find out more by heading to redchurch.org.au. Well, hello, good morning. How are you all? Good. Uh, yeah, I'm Trudy, and, and I'm actually really excited to bring today's message. Mark just said the two words, faith and expectancy. And as I've been praying about today and this message, that's my heart. I actually believe that God is wanting to raise faith and expectancy today. So be ready, because God wants to do that in your hearts today. What is this moment? This is a moment in which the church is experiencing decline. We have to be real about that. Many of you will know and be aware that in Australia, um, particularly over the last number of years, the Australian church is in serious decline. Youth are not in the churches in the numbers that we previously had. Families, retirees, all across the generations, the church is in decline. There's an increase in spiritual apathy. People are walking away from their faith. But you have been placed on earth in this time for this particular challenge. Do you believe that? Great. (laughs) If this is the moment where we are, that we are here, we need to ask the next important question. So if the church is in decline, what is God doing at this moment? Now, God actually is at work awakening us from our apathy because apathy only prolongs the decline. We can keep going and it's just going to get worse and worse. But God is at work awakening people. He's doing it across the world, not just in Australia. And history tells us that God is a God who revives And he awakens at times of decline and spiritual apathy. Arthur Wallace, in his book, In the Day of Thy Power, says, Decline and decay are inherent in fallen nature and not confined simply to the physical and moral realm, but invade and influence even the spiritual. This is writ large not only in the history of Israel but across the pages of the New Testament and the subsequent history of the church. It has pleased God to counteract this deadly tendency to departure by working at special seasons and places in extraordinary power. That's what we want, don't we? And we actually believe it's coming. God is already working. God is a God of increase. Our God is a God of increase. He comes at these times just when the church is at this moment of darkness and perhaps of decline, of um, apathy. This is when God steps in with his greatest power and work. It's important we understand our God wants to give. He wants to increase. In scripture, a number of times he used the word um, fruitful and increase. He first says this um, when he created Adam and Eve. He says, be fruitful and increase in number. 
He says, actually, one of um, a, a scripture that God's put on my heart, a passage, um, or a verse, rather, in Jeremiah that he's put on my heart for a number of years. He says, in Jeremiah 23, I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I've driven them and will bring them back to their pasture where they will be fruitful and increase in number. Being fruitful increase in number is when the people of God are close to him in covenantal relationship. So when we're, we're devoted to him, it's his heart to bless. It's his heart that we would be fruitful and increase. So it's important we understand our God is a giver. He's a God who wants to increase. So God is awakening us from our apathy. God is also inviting us to pray in this time. Are you intrigued by prayer? Do you have a desire to pray but don't know how? Perhaps this is hunger that's increasing in you. Are you hearing things happening at prayer meetings where we keep pressing into prayer at red, we keep announcing it? Perhaps you're intrigued. Perhaps you're hearing things that are happening at prayer meetings and you want to come along. Perhaps you're a little bit, let's be honest, you might be a bit intimidated by that. Perhaps you're feeling like you're missing out. But that's actually God moving in your heart, stirring something in you and intrigue. And I wanted to say right now that you're welcome. This is a place to grow and be part of it. God is wanting to stir up and awaken prayer in hearts. And these are normal reactions and feelings. Perhaps you're sensing the Lord is inviting you in this time to go deeper, to pursue holiness. Perhaps you're experiencing a, a season of pruning, of stripping back. This is all God's work, awakening hearts. He's working at the moment. He's actually a work across the globe, awakening hearts to pray. There's, there's, since um, there's been many movements of prayer um, happening across the world, uh, a movement of prayer happening, and I'm privileged to work for 24-7 prayer as well as Red Church. So you can tell that my passion is that we grow in prayer and to hunger for God and actually to really believe that his kingdom, wants, he wants his kingdom to break out on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. So my hope today is that you will have a desire to pray and to know that you can pray and certainly can ask for God's blessings. If you don't hear anything else today, hear this. God wants you to ask and he wants to give blessings. He's a God of increase. God is wanting to awaken us through prayer. P.T. Forsyth describes prayer as a gift. It's actually a grace that comes from God. So all prayer begins in God, begins in God. God awakens us with this gift of prayer. In other words, God always has the first move. He always comes to us and awakens us to, with that desire to pray. So as I just said, if you're experiencing this intrigue, this desire, that is actually God stirring your heart. He's awakening this desire. I'm about to look at uh, Luke 11 together and the passage on Jesus' teaching on prayer. The disciples themselves were intrigued by prayer. They noticed that Jesus had an incredible prayer life. Jesus had time of retreat, of, of spending time with the Father. He knew it was necessary and important for his ministry. 
And the disciples witnessed Jesus' prayer life. And they desired to pray like Jesus. They recognised that it was an essential part of following him. So they asked, Lord, teach us, how do we pray? So let's have a look and read together Luke 11. You can see it, follow it on in your Bibles or on the screen. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. We'll come back to that term later, shameless audacity. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What then is the kind of prayer we need in this moment? Any prayer, basically any prayer. Just start praying. Anywhere, anytime. This is how we learn, this is how we practice, this is how we engage, and never underestimate the power of a simple prayer. Has anyone ever prayed? I know there's the classic uh, praying for car park spaces. Has anyone ever prayed for a car park? I have, and can I tell you, it doesn't always happen, but that's the power of perseverance. Sometimes it does, and you get the dream car park. So never underestimate the power of a simple prayer. Um, that's how you learn. That's how you engage and, and increase your faith. I want to tell you a, an amazing story of a simple prayer that blew my mind away. Um, actually, I was with um, Terry, my sister-in-law, and we were coming back from a church event one evening. And it was just a lot going on at that moment, at that time. And we're driving back. Um, and of course, there was a huntsman on the outside of the car. Now, Huntsman Spider, you, you sort of don't really want to befriend those and have them on the inside of your car. And it's, I was thinking at some point, Terry is going to have to get out of the car when I drop her off and I could be driving home with a, fr a friendly Huntsman. So as, as we approached Terry's um, street, I thought, I'm going to give this a shot and I'm just going to pray. Lord, it was a simple prayer. I said out loud, hey, Terry, I'm going to pray that this spider would go. And I just said, half, you know, with a half kind of amount of faith, um, God, would you just take away this spider? <laughs> and the next moment will astound you. So as we 
pulled up to outside Terry's house. No kidding. All of a sudden, there was this giant whoosh. And we looked out, like the, the head, it was, it was night. And the, the, this huge owl, no joke, wings, full span. And it was kind of, cat, the, the street light had caught the kind of white under the wings and it kind of swooped. And it, like within the like blink of an eye, the spider was gone. <laughs> that is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was amazing. And we just sitting there going, oh my goodness. <laughs> the spider's gone. An owl swooped and took out the spider. It was like a laser target. Like literally the spider had obviously gone to the exact spot on the windscreen and the owl had been like watching up in the, um, on the street light and had just seized the moment and taken it out. Now that blew my mind. I could not have imagined that type of prayer to go, God, you've answered the prayer in that way. That, that taught me about prayer. That taught me that God is creative beyond my imagination. For a start, who would think when you're praying for a spider that an owl would take it out? Like that blew my mind. So never underestimate the power of a simple prayer because not only did that build my faith for the next time, I'm going to have prayer. That actually taught me a spiritual reality in that moment. So God also had a bigger thing he wanted to teach me and Terry in that moment. We actually sat there going, wow, because we'd actually had some stuff going on. We were experiencing some spiritual warfare. So not only did he just take out the spider so I could drive home in peace, <laughs> he also taught us, like, he's a God who sees. He sees us. He has wisdom. He sees in the night, he sees through the darkness and he has wisdom and he has strategies and he's creative. There was so much in that simple prayer that then that God wanted to answer because he had something he wanted to show us. We were blessed by that. Now if I hadn't have, and it raised my faith. So yeah, never underestimate the simple prayer. So prayer leads to more prayer and a desire to learn and grow in prayer. Now, I am a student of prayer. I want to keep learning. I want to keep understanding what it is to relate to God. He desires to have relationship with us. He's a giver. He wants to restore. He's a healer. He's a God who blesses. The more I learn about prayer, the less I know. Isn't that true of God? The more we get to know him, the less we know. That's the wonder, that's the mystery. So yeah, if just begin with the knowledge when you begin your prayer life that he wants to give. As Luke 11 says, the Lord gives us the Holy Spirit when we ask. And the Holy Spirit teaches us how to pray, guides us in us prayers, gives us the prayers to put on our heart, gives us the burdens, gives us the gift of prayer. In Romans 8, 26, it says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. This is groaning, this ache that we would know how to pray. Okay, so that's the first thing. Any prayer, just start praying. Secondly, what else do we need in this moment of how to pray? We need prayer that is expectant. As I said before, faith and expectancy. 
Prayer that is expectant is faith-filled prayer. How do we respond when we're giving this gift of prayer, when God puts prayers on our heart, the burden or the desire to pray? So understanding that God gives us this burden, he gives us this burden to move us, to actually partner with him. So we have this responsibility to steward what he's inviting us to pray for, this partnership. There's an action part on our behalf to step into that. And I'm going to put this in simple terms. Simply said, when we pray, things happen. When we don't pray, they don't. I wonder if in that moment, if I hadn't have prayed for that spider gone, I might have been having a, yeah, as I said, a, a very interesting ride home. <laughs> so when we pray, things happen. So God is about raising our faith and expectancy. So I'm going to come back to that word in Luke 11. It's an interesting way that Jesus describes to be praying. He says to be praying with shameless audacity. They're just interesting terms, aren't they? To be shameless about asking. Audacity. Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. There's this kind of boldness to keep asking, shamelessly (laughs) asking. Last October at the 24-7 prayer gathering in in, um, Belfast, I met an incredible uh, woman called Sarah Brule. She um, leads a prayer movement called Revive Europe. And that has a vision. She has a vision. This whole movement has a vision to see revival on university campuses across Europe. I was incredibly inspired by Atesvi. Um, she has this incredible heart for prayer, a burden, for heart, a burden for prayer, and God has given this incredible burden. And she's just prevailing in prayer, travailing in prayer until she sees the Lord bring revival. And a few weeks later, um, Sarah sent me a link to a video teaching on prayer by Professor David Thomas um, titled Sewing for a Great Awakening. In fact, this video teaching is so rich. I'm not able to give it, even give it full justice now. We're going to actually play it at next week's renewal session. There's so much great inspirational teaching in it. Um, and as many of you are aware, there's been incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit um, um, a few months ago, earlier this year, at Asbury Theological Seminary in Kentucky. Now, David Thomas is actually a professor from Asbury Theological Seminary, and he's been one of the key shepherds for this revival behind the scenes. So I couldn't believe the timing that Sarah sent me this video last November, and then hearing of this revival breaking out. When you, when you sense something like this, you begin to get take notice. I think God is wanting to inspire us to be praying in a similar way. And David Thomas actually interviewed 11 eyewitnesses of the Hebridean revival, which um, is a, was an island in um, the far north part of Scotland, if you've heard of the Hebrides. Um, it, this was a revival that went from 1949 to 1953. And it actually began with two, we've mentioned this revival before, but it began with two elderly women, in, um, and they just had this burden to begin praying, particularly burdened by the fact that the, there were, their church was in decline and that youth were not in their church. 
And so they were praying for heart for young people to return to faith. And so the, their fervent prayer then led to prayer meetings and um, travailing in prayer till this um, revival broke out. And God just um, poured out his spirit in that community. The David Thomas um, so interviewed, as I said, these um, was able to interview um, 11 eyewitnesses. And he says, they described a kind, I'm going to put a quote up on the, the screen from David Thomas. They described a kind of spiritual posture found among some who were the catalytic core. So the people who were praying for this revival, a spirit of urgency and audacity. There's that word audacity. An attitude of brokenness and desperation, a manner of prayer that could be daring and agonising. These friends in the Hebrides called it travailing prayer. Like the Holy Spirit groaning through them, they said, like a woman travailing in labour, like Paul in Galatians 4.19, travailing as if in the pangs of childbirth that Christ might be formed in you. And ever since I looked into the eyes of those people who once saw what we so passionately want to see, I've come to believe that the true seedbed of awakening is the ploughed up hearts of men and women willing to receive the gift of travail. This type of prayer is costly. It's a burden. I've seen it in people even today, who I meet, who have this hunger for the things of God. I've seen it in Sarah, and that's what inspired me, Sarah Brule. It's a burden to keep praying with this urgency and audacity until the blessing comes. As David proposed, I wonder if today, and I'm proposing this for our community, I wonder if today some of us might be willing to receive this type of travailing prayer, this burden. As I said, we're here for this moment, this invitation from God to pray with an increased desperation, with an audacity, God, we will not rest until we give you, see the blessing come. So prayer, we need prayer that is faith-filled and expectant. And thirdly, we need a communal culture of expectant prayer. When God is at work awakening people to pray, he tends to gather people in smaller groups of people who embody this faith and expectancy in their posture and prayer life. Behind every move of God, there's always been someone or some, a group of people moved by God to start praying. God puts the burdens on their hearts and moves these people to pray with expectancy for an outpouring of his blessing, and which is ultimately himself. Pete Gregg says, whenever God is about to initiate a new movement of his spirit, he always begins by mobilising his people to pray, and in our time, he seems to be doing so on a breathtaking scale. Pete Gregg is the founder of 24-7 Prayer, movement. Over the last 20 years, there are prayer movements gaining an increasing momentum across the globe. So God is on the move. That is the hope. God is on the move. Will you join the chorus of prayer rising for God to do it again? 
God to revive us. Begin to pray with those around you. Join the remnant who are hungry to see God move again in our time. Before long, you will be growing in hunger, I guarantee it, and you will desire to begin to see a desire for the things of God if you're not already. So just join, gather. God will put this desire on your heart. I guarantee it. Come talk to me if he doesn't. (laughs) There's a challenge. (laughs) Okay, so how do we begin to, just to kind of summarise, how do we pray audacious prayers at this moment? First thing I want to say is it's really important to be clear on what we want. It's important that we have a vision of what we're wanting, of what we're seeking, of what we're praying. It's time to ask for specific things. When we ask for specific things, we see the answers and that builds our faith to ask the next specific things. So what are you hungry to see? What are you desperate to see? What moves your heart? Begin to ask these questions. Perhaps you want to ask God. That's a starting place of prayer. God, what? I actually don't know what you want me to be praying for. But God, would you put it on my heart what you want to pray for? God will give you the prayer to be praying. And and when you know that God's given you that prayer, you can be sure that that's what he wants to see happen. So start asking, God, give me, move my heart. That's the starting place. God, give me a hunger. Give me a desire. Give me specific prayers you want me to be joining you to be praying. Ask for a vision. Ask for a revelation. Be assured God has the first move and what he says will come to pass. Okay, so be clear on what you want. I do believe it's time that we're getting, we get specific. Practice, secondly, practice praying with audacity. What's audacity? Audacity is a willingness to take bold risks. It's time to get bold. It's time to be bold. God wants us to get bold with our prayers. Bold, confident prayers. We can approach his throne of grace with confidence. He gives us confidence. Confident prayers release kingdom blessings, kingdom fruit. He wants to release his kingdom. He's a God who gives. Let's get bold. And thirdly, be persistent and persevering. This theme of perseverance keeps coming up. He wants us to to persevere in prayer. Create a pattern. Keep pushing in. Why? Because we, when we persevere, it awakens us. It awakens us. Perseverance changes us. Perseverance leads to hope. Keep on asking. Keep knocking, as it says in Luke 11. Keep knocking. Keep seeking. Keep asking. Keep asking until we receive. We will give no rest until he releases the blessing in our church, in our lives, in our cities, in our youth. The youth are on camp at the moment. I'm going to keep praying that God does something in their hearts because many young people uh, choose to follow God before they turn 18. And we want to keep praying that they encounter God. They have a mission in their schools. Young people have a mission in their universities. We're going to keep asking for that blessing. Does that move your heart? Ask that your heart will be moved 
ask. There's a whole kingdom waiting to break out on earth. Let's keep asking. We will give God no rest. The prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 62, for Zion's sake, I will not stay silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet. He says, give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her praise of the earth. For Red Church's sake, I will not stay silent. I will give God no rest until he releases the blessing in our church. He's got promises over this church and I will give God no rest until he releases them. I believe it. I believe God wants to increase. I believe it. Ask for faith. Ask for faith. He's raising faith. He wants to awaken us. There's so much spiritual reality. Our God is good. He wants to bless. So let's get real. Let's get real. It's important to understand what we're praying for. And to learn how to pray is in, in this moment is perhaps the most important thing we can do right now. Walter Wink says, History belongs to the intercessors, those who believe and pray the future into being. So let's pray now. God, we just thank you that you are a God who increase, that you are a God who are a giver who gives, that you are a God who wants to bless, and God, you are a God who wants to gather the remnant in your arms, that you are a God who wants to make your remnant fruitful and increase in number, that you are good. We just say, God, you are good. You are good all the time. And Lord Jesus, we want to partner with you to see your kingdom come. We want to see your kingdom fruit release. Lord, we pray, teach us to pray. Teach us to hunger for the things of your kingdom, to desire you. And Lord God, I just pray that you just pour out a stirring and a hunger to pray in this moment that we've never prayed before, Lord God, like we've never prayed before, Lord God. I just pray that you raise faith and expectancy in this moment. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen.